Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. Have you ever tried to get your head around the idea of eternity? It's almost impossible. Everything that we have ever experienced on Earth has some form of beginning and will have some form of end. It's hard to get your head around something that goes on forever, that just doesn't finish. Imagine holding a length of rope that spans from here all the way around the world and just doesn't ever end. Imagine that every centimetre or two of rope represents 50 years. And at the end of the rope, there's a couple of inches of red tape. That red tape represents your life. Every decision you've ever made, relationship you've ever formed, every laugh, cry, shout or song. We spend perhaps 99% of our time thinking about everything that's in that tiny red square of tape. It's easy to live like the red tape is all that there is to the rope, but it's not. Not at all. We were never meant to make our decisions and live our lives without the perspective of the rest of the rope. When we do, it just doesn't seem to work. Let's be honest, nobody likes talking about death. It's uncomfortable. Switch on the TV or open up the internet and you'll probably be hard pressed to find anything that people aren't prepared to talk about. Whether it's money, sex, drugs, celebrity gossip or politics, people love to talk about near enough anything, everything except for perhaps death. In fact, I want to be really honest with you. In the past year, I've had the honor to be able to speak more like this than any other time in my life, certainly in the seven years of being here at The Forge. And this is probably the message I've struggled most with. In fact, I would probably prefer to talk about almost anything else this morning other than what we're going to talk about today. However, there are a few things that are more important. Why? Well, official statistics show that 100% of people who are born will also die, and yet almost nobody likes to talk about it. Whilst it's the case that everybody can agree that everybody dies, what people don't agree on with so much is what happens next. A YouGov study in 2015 found out that almost 70% of people are scared of death. That's in spite of 50% of people, or thereabouts, believing that if there was a heaven and a hell, they would end up in heaven. Uh, everybody else was kind of unsure, and there was a small amount of people that thought that they would probably go to hell if they died that day. Here's the headline. When it comes to life after death, most people would say they don't know, they live in hope, and they try not to think about it. And maybe that's where you find yourself today, not knowing, kind of hoping, and content in not thinking about it. I just want to say before we continue, uh, thank you for being brave enough this morning in being prepared to think about it with me. Uh, I'm aware that you may have had an experience before of coming to church and hearing a message about death, about heaven or about hell, and all it did was leaving you thinking that you wanted to get the hell out of church. And so thank you for being here. I believe that there is something that will allow you to live not, not just in hope, uh, but in confidence. In fact, even if you're 
you're someone who is familiar with church and people assume that you have your life together, but deep down, you know that there's just something that you really don't like thinking about, then this is my hope for you too. I want to invite you to stick with us for the next three weeks as we approach this area together. Uh, and today we're going to start by looking at eternity, why our belief about what happens next matters and why you don't just have to live with settling with just hope, but actually you can decide to live with something more. You can decide to live with confidence. On the back of this next week, we're going to look specifically at the thing that every preacher loves to speak about, heaven, uh, but also what every preacher hates talking about, hell, uh, and what it is that gets you to each of these places. And perhaps for you, that's one of your biggest questions about faith. Uh, how could a loving father possibly send people to hell? Or perhaps, uh, how do I know that there's something better on the other side? Uh, and how can I get that for myself right now? Well, next week is the week that I really want to encourage you not to miss if that's you. Uh, and then finally in week three, we're going to be looking at grief. Where is God in that space? Why is it so painful, even when we can have confidence about what comes next? So to kick off, let me ask you a question using a metaphor that maybe you've seen before that we started our Sunday with today. I want you to imagine that this rope represents eternity with every couple of inches representing maybe 50 years or so. So here would be maybe a thousand years into the future or here would be uh, 10,000 years into the future. If I was to ask you to point to the point of the rope that you spend most time thinking about, where would you point to on the rope? Now, if this was where you were born and this is where you die, I would probably guess that if you're like me or if you're like most people, you would probably point to the part of the rope that's this far ahead of where you are now. I mean, think about it. Maybe you're here and you think, oh, if I could just get a relationship here and then we could get married here and then we could live our lives for a little bit and then we can have uh, kids and start a family here and then they could look after us here. Uh, or maybe it's like a job and you think, hey, if I just work really, 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 really hard throughout like this bit here, uh, then this bit's going to be really great. This bit's going to be really comfortable. Or if I could save a whole bunch of money here, then that would allow me to do this thing here that I really want to do. Or maybe for you, it's like if I just get enough Instagram followers here, then then here I'll be Instagram famous and, and that will be a real achievement. Or if I manage to complete exams here, that'll allow me to do this thing here. You see, when we live with this eternal perspective, it really does put things into perspective. When we live with this eternal perspective, it changes how we see the things that matter to us today. It gives us a better understanding of the value of the things that really do matter. And it also shines a light on the things that really don't. In fact, today, the thing that I really want you to remember and wrestle with a little bit, uh, and this is true for whoever you are, is this. Whatever you believe about eternity will determine how you live today. Whatever you believe about eternity, this white bit of the rope that goes on and on will determine how you live with this red bit today. I mean, think about it for a second. If you believe that this life is all that you have, that you're here by accident or chance, and at the end of your life, that is the end of everything for you, then that will affect how you live today. I mean, chances are that you'll see life in a way that allows you to get the best out of the time that you have, but the things that you do to benefit others may be done in more of a transactional way than they would be otherwise. If you believe that there's an afterlife, uh, but it really isn't affected by what happens on earth, uh, then for 
you, it will really not matter what you do on Earth. If you're someone who does believe that what happens here affects what happens here, then it shouldn't be a surprise to you that you try not to think about eternity because it probably feels a bit fragile. If you believe that this reality is just a dream, then probably what you do now will probably be a little bit delusional. What you believe about eternity determines how you live your life today. Uh, now, the biblical writers knew this too. In fact, Paul, who wrote uh, to this church in Corinth, painted a picture of what was to come in light of the historical events of Jesus's death and resurrection. Now, check out what he says and how his life looks different as a result of what he knows is to come. For we know, not guess and not hope, not just we tend to try and not think about, we know uh, that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, and that is when we die, we leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. In other words, what you are experiencing now will not be your experience forever. In fact, when it comes to forever, there is something better than what you are experiencing now. I mean, for me growing up, me and my family went on a lot of camping trips and I love camping. We had some great holidays together. But one of the downsides of camping, and many of you will know this, is that when it rains, sometimes you have to consider going home early because that's the thing with tents, right? They're temporary, uncertain, fragile, and that's what your bodies are like. But in eternity, our bodies aren't going to be like that. Paul says there's going to be something better, something that's a house in comparison to your tent, something permanent. We grow weary in these present bodies. We long to put on our heavenly bodies with new clothing, for we will put on heavenly bodies. We won't just be spirits without bodies. Whilst we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh, but it's not that we want to die or get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies can be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. He is guaranteed, guaranteed that we have his Holy Spirit. Now remember, what you believe about eternity will determine how you live today. So given this picture that Paul gives us, how is it that Jesus followers should respond? Well, Paul says, so we are always confident, not just guessing, not just wondering, not just hopeful, but confident even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we would be at home with the Lord. In other words, this world is not your home. You are just passing through. You are more than just a body. What Paul is saying is that when you understand that there's something more than just this earth, it changes how you live now. Let me put it like this. You are not a body with a soul. You are a soul with a body. That's the stuff within you that matters, the stuff that makes you. And that part of you doesn't die. That part of you goes somewhere. What does this mean for us now? Well, Paul says, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. Remember, what you believe about eternity will determine how you live today. And our goal is to invest here what is going to exist here. 
And then Paul says something that if you're new to church or new to faith, may have been something that's caused you to step away from church in the past. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you to stick with me just for a second, because chances are that you may have been undersold what this next part means. For others of you who have perhaps been part of church for a while, uh, you may have read this and also misunderstood it. And as a result, you might have had this warped reality of who God really is. But Paul says this, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive what we deserve for the good and evil that we have done in these earthly bodies. Now, for some of you, this verse feels awkward because it has that word judgment in it. And perhaps that's been used before to make you feel worse than others or unwelcomed or unworthy. And if that's the case, I apologize. But I also want you to hold with me just because this verse shouldn't lead to that. And if it has, then you've been undersold what this verse means. And perhaps as a result, it's left you with some false assumptions. Assumptions that perhaps might be the same uh, for those who have a faith, who perhaps have been left feeling that they constantly need to be better, work harder, hide your shortcomings. Perhaps it's a verse that's even contributed to the idea that if you just do a few things right, go to church, give a little and pray about the big stuff, then you'll get to heaven. Uh, This false assumption in both cases is this. uh, How I behave affects where I go afterwards. I'd like to quickly take this verse from whatever warped perspective that you may have heard this from and present it in a way that I believe is the way it was intended. You see, when we see this idea of judgment in the Bible, we actually see two separate ideas, two separate things. The first is this idea that one day God will make things right. He will one day separate good from evil and reconcile the world to how it was always supposed to be. He will judge where evil goes and what good is. Now, this kind of judgment is going to happen, and that perhaps raises questions for you, and we're going to actually look at some of those questions next week. In fact, I want to invite you to come to that, as well as Unpacked Lunch that we do on a Wednesday at one o'clock on Facebook Live. In this letter, though, Paul is talking about a different kind of judgment. Uh, Paul was writing to a church who had already decided to follow Jesus, of whom that first kind of judgment really wasn't an issue for them. The language used in this verse is translated from the Greek, which does say that we must one day approach the judgment seat of God. But the specific kind of seat that's referred to in this verse is the Bemar of God. Now, this was a seat or a platform that you would have found in synagogues, but you'd have also found at competitive sporting events. It's where the judge of the competition would sit. After the competition, the judge would, from his Bemar, would award the competitors depending on how well they competed. Now, this is really important because when we get this wrong, it really leads to some bad ways of living, I believe. Here, the judge is not deciding who qualifies for the race. The judge is rewarding those who have already finished the race and rewarding them depending on how they had done in the race. This is not a judgment of whether you're in or out. This is a judgment of seeing that you are already in and now I want to give you more. In other words, what you do has not got an effect on where you go. If that was the case, then Paul really wouldn't have the ability to offer any of that certainty that he did. Paul would not be sure. Paul would be hoping. Paul would be left trying not to think about it. Uh, So if it's not what you do that determines where you go, what does decide? What is it that allows Paul to be confident? 
And the answer is not in an action, the answer is in a person. The answer isn't in a guess, it's found in a promise. The person and the promise that allows Paul to be so confident is Jesus. It's not what you do that decides on what happens afterwards to you. It's the grace of God that gives, uh, that's given through Jesus. Now, the Corinthians knew this. Uh, they knew that they were not good enough by themselves. They knew that if it was left to them trying hard, that they wouldn't make it. I want to read to you perhaps the most famous verse in the entire Bible, and chances are that you've heard this before, but I just want you to read this pretending it's your first time because it's extraordinary. For God, not you, so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son, Jesus, to die and take the punishment and responsibility for the sin of the world of your heart so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's not about what you have done or how much you do or how much you give or who you support or the success that you have or how well behaved your kids are or when you started going to church or how much Bible you know. If it was, you wouldn't be sure. And no wonder because you know the depths of your own heart. What Paul is saying is that it's already out of your hands. You are accepted, not by what you do, but because of the grace of Jesus, you can already be accepted. And it's only when you know this, when you can truly live how you were always intended to live, with the gifts and the skills and the personality that God gave you as he made you in his image, accepted by grace, and yet still rewarded uh, for the heaven that you brought to earth whilst you were on earth. Now, maybe you are asking, what happens if you don't accept that grace? And we're going to be talking about that next week. And I'm aware that in this last 15, 20 minutes or so, it may have raised a whole bunch of more questions than answers for you. And I want to invite you back next week as we delve into this a little bit more. But to begin with, wherever you are at on this faith journey, I want you to remember two things. And I want to ask you, uh, ask you to ask yourself one question. The two things I want you to remember is this. Number one, you are not a body with a soul. You are a soul that has a body. The second thing I want you to remember is this, that what you believe about eternity will determine how you live today. And so this is a question I want to ask you. What would you say you believe about eternity? And does that reflect how you live your life on earth? If you're a Jesus follower, do you live in the certainty of what is here? And that what's here isn't all that there is. Uh, do you live your life in a way that the things that you invest in here don't just have to have a return here, that you can have conversations that go beyond you, that you can spend money that goes beyond you, that you can invest in people that go beyond you, that can have eternal consequences, that you don't just have to see a return to here. So let me ask you, how is it that you live your life in response to the eternal perspective that you have. We're going to build on this next week. But I just want to encourage you for a moment that for some of you who follow Jesus, you are committing to things in your life right now that are far more powerful than you could ever realize. That God is seeing things in your life right now that perhaps you've forgotten that he sees that there are investments that God is seeing you make in other people 
uh, that he knows and he sees and says, those things have eternal consequences. Those things are going beyond you. There are things that financially you're investing in uh, that are contributing into the lives of others that are going to go beyond you that will have eternal consequences. Uh, that one day you will meet people that perhaps you don't even realize because of what you are doing now uh, actually had an effect on them eternally. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you that God is seeing that right now. And if you aren't a Jesus follower, I really want to invite you back next week as we delve into this a little bit more, because it really is that grace of Jesus. It really is what Jesus has already done and offered uh, that can give you the confidence of what is to come. That you don't just have to hope, you don't just have to guess, you don't have to try and push those thoughts out of your mind, but actually it can have an effect on how you live today. Hey, let me pray for us. Uh, Father God, I want to thank you that you made us more than just earthly bodies. You made us with souls. You made us with something that goes on eternally. And Lord, you want to invite us into an eternity where every day is greater than the day before under the most splendid leadership, beautiful grace, glorious wonder, where kindness and mercy and grace reign. And so, Father, I want to ask that you might remind us once again uh, that what we know of eternity, what we can be confident in, uh, might really affect in the best possible way how we live our lives now. Thank you, Father, for giving us that confidence. Thank you, Lord, for giving us Jesus, who ultimately takes away the dirt, takes away the sin in order that we can live freely. In your name I pray. Amen. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the Forge. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.